Yes, of course. Burl Bearer. <laughs> I've known a few writers who were rogues and vagabonds. And I'm Roger Moore. I didn't supply the microphone. studios of OutlawRadioLive.com, where Magic Matt Allen produces this brilliant radio program from our secret bunker, which resembles an 1876 Virginia City-style bar. Somewhere in the Los Angeles area, we keep it a big, fat secret. And for good reason, by the way. Yeah, we don't want to be bought by fans. If people knew where we were... They would no longer no. care anyway. No, they wouldn't give a big no. one. No. no, they'd be outside with flaming torches. I would hope so. <laughs> In a noose, he got away, Sheriff Lynchum. Yeah, that too. So, so, Pearl. Uh, you're Howard Lapidus. Yes, I am. That's Mark C.G. Boyer, fact checker. What are all the pitchforks doing in the front yard? <laughs> <laughs> well, we're in show business. We're always getting pitches. Frank Thank J. Hagen is here also. Greetings. That's way too many people, by the way. Oh, well, let's add some more, shall we? Let's, let's add one more. Okay. I was reading a book by uh, Andrew, D- Andrew D. Donato called Escaping the Mob. And in there, he talks about having a connection at the Department of Motor Vehicles who provided a printout of names, statistics, addresses, specifically so the mob could steal all their identities. And that reminded me of our friend Punch. <laughs> so that's what that, that's what put this whole thing together? Yeah, was that, we, uh, we started talking about that. And went, you know, uh, Punch, not only being a diamond heist mastermind and a reformed criminal and probably the highest ranking member of what they now call the Pink Panthers, knows all about that stuff. Yes. Uh, I wouldn't say that he stole your identity or mine because he... I would... And Punch... Next time you're thinking of stealing an identity, take mine, please. Yeah, take, take my wife. Take please. my identity, <laughs> please. Somebody should have it. Are you there, pal? Um, no, no. He's, he's not? No, no, he's not here. No, he's not there. So he's not even here. Get get, get his ass on the phone. Okay, you get his ass on the Can phone. Can we get his mouth on the phone instead? <laughs> May sound better. I texted him the number in case he forgot it. Bump. Bum, 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 bum. Oh, that's exciting. So, well, where's my glass? True that crime, help. where the show itself is yeah. a true crime. It's a crime, all right. <laughs> this program so, is a so crime. So, we started the show with, with our guest. I didn't know that. I thought our guest was right there. That's why I threw it to him. Yeah, we threw it to him when he wasn't there. Nobody asked me. Oh. Yeah. No one aspirates? Why would we Why would well, he ask Matt? I mean, for crying out loud. And who's crying out loud? No, no. I mean, Matt, why would Matt know? Of course he would know. Well, that's because he's a producer. <laughs> he's the last to know anything. He, of course he would know. Say something intelligent while I amuse myself. Well, <laughs> don't, don't point to me. Howard, your... Uh, my phone is talking to me. I know. Yes, you're supposed to be on the air. Please call us. I just texted you the number. You see, this is how radio comes together um, when when you think that uh, this happens for every show. Not we, every we show. Do. No, no, no. Sometimes we, they don't show up at all. All shows. <laughs> but we, we bear our souls. People see exactly how this doesn't work. And that's, I think, important for our audience to know. Uh, I'm going to be doing uh, some other radio show tomorrow or <laughs> that airs on Tuesday. They've been bugging me to... Uh, we'll be right into the same situation we did as... Their guest canceled on them and said, who is foolish enough to come on our show? And they, they picked me. They did? Yeah. So this the two ladies? Nah. And they left... I had them. They, they left me 
out? Is that what happened? I'll ask if they want you. Oh, I can't because I'm flying tomorrow. So mm. the heck with everybody. Mm. The heck with everybody. Ah, ah. punch, 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 punch. Mm. Hello. Welcome, punch. Here's what happened. Hey, punch. Hi, guys. In, in the time that it took to get you on the phone, Burl Bear decided to start eating fried chicken. <laughs> and bit myself. True story. Bit himself and now couldn't talk. So, so it's Howard. Good to uh, hear your voice, sir. Uh, I was happy to hear that you are our guest today and, uh, and be as insightful as you always are. We were talking about identity theft, bank fraud, credit card fraud. I was reading in uh, Andrew DiDonato's book about the mob has some uh, connection to the Department of Motor Vehicles who is printing out like uh, information on people that they could use to steal their identities. Does that work? Do people at the DMV do that? <laughs> well, they, well, they oh, make the line oh, go slower, oh, that's oh, for sure. Did they do that? Well, listen, um, the DMV as a whole, I mean, I can't blame them, but, you know, there's individuals that worked inside the DMV, and, um, you know, these were some... People that shouldn't have never been working there. And, uh, there you go. Yeah, there's a guy on the blacklist who works at the DMV who works for Reddington. There, there wasn't there wasn't one person. There was a, a legion of people that worked in DMV, and this is exactly exactly how I obtained um, false documents and a license for myself. Oh, really? How many licenses did you have? Well, I had a few. <laughs> a few. Um, I had, I know, I had a few. Um, that's not a common question that you just ask anybody. But when I was uh, on the run for how many years was that? Three, four years on the run. I needed to be somebody else. I couldn't be myself. My name, Pavle Stanimirovich, spelled S-T-A-N-I-M-I-R-O-V-I-C, could not be used. All right. So I was uh, a young man without an identity. Tragic and story. I needed, <laughs> yeah, I needed to find an ID, and the ID that I found became spectacular because the person that I became with this one with this one person it, it was sensational. If you ever seen the movie, um, a true story. Frank Abagnale story, uh, Catch Me If You Can. Yeah. Yes. Well, DiCaprio. it's an Academy, Academy Award winning movie. Uh, yeah, you know, we know it. We know it. Played in it. Leonardo okay. DiCaprio, yeah. And Tom Hanks. If you, if, you think, if you think that's charming, well, what I'm about to tell you right now is going to blow your socks away. All right? Let's hear now, it. those people that have access to a computer... This is a time to start, you know, punching keys. The person that I was, that I became, was I am pay. <laughs> okay? You had a designer name. I, <laughs> I, yes, I dot M dot P E I. I am pay. A hundred year old man. Okay? <laughs> now, this is a true story. This person, if you know who he is, um, he needs no introduction. This is the man that built the Louvre Museum. He's an architect. He's a Chinese-American, and he's born April 26, 1917. 
Now, on my license, I changed the 1917 to 1971. Sensible. And that means, you know, that, that fit my age because that was around my age. And I did the most spectacular identity fraud and theft probably in the world. What did you okay? take from this multi-billionaire? Oh, my. What? Oh, you have no idea. I became him, and I was getting hotel rooms like in the Mark Hotel in Manhattan. Uh, I'm talking about $15,000 a night rooms. Like, I mean, these are, you know... This is something where Madonna used to stay at. And, uh, By the way, pay punch. Punch. Like punch. Yeah. What yeah. do you do in those 15... What's in those $1,500 a night rooms that's not in a $500 $15, night room? $15,000. $15,000. Right, I was close what enough. What do you mean $100? All right. So, all right okay. <laughs> let, me, let me correct that. Yeah. What's in the... room. You get a whole suite. You get a whole floor of, a, of a, you know, of a, like, a, you know, it's a penthouse in Manhattan, and it's spectacular. It's like, you know, four or five... They have five rooms. They have six rooms. Uh, apartments, and um, you'd be surprised, you know. And I had a touch of this high life, this billion-dollar lifestyle, that was in million-dollar times, because we're talking about 20 years ago. Well, so what I what, so what, when I thought I knew when I thought I knew who I am Pay was, and I thought I did, yeah. it was really you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was really me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, this this guy. I mean, I landed this name, and this is because I took um, identity theft and fraud to another level. And it's not because I wanted to; I needed to. You know, um, one was because I needed an identity, and two, um, I needed you know to have a safe identity and to be somebody that was opening doors. Now, no one knew who IMPay is, because back then there was no internet, you know, you couldn't just punch a button now and find out on your phone exactly who this person is, if they have a Wikipedia page, if not, if, you know, you could find out immediately today who people are. But not and, then. Uh, but back then, but back then, those were golden ages, okay? The golden times. So how did they know you were someone to be reckoned with? Now, financially, they didn't know who this Mr. I.M. Pay was. Oh, well, I made reservations all over the city, you see. Like, I really, I, I submerged myself into this name, and I put a scarf around me. I put these um, uh, these, uh, these glasses that I used to wear, these horn rim glasses, and I pretended that I was I.M. Pay. And people used to whisper, who is that guy with that scarf? You know, I used to wear these Versace shirts, elaborate you know, $2,000 shirts, and very colorful. I was so colorful, you know, because I had to be. This, uh, this ultra ego, right? So you lived and the part. What happened? You created a character and played the part. Yeah, yeah. It was just, you know, it was just... Uh, imagine a 22-year-old, you know, going through this. And then this is why, you know, I mentioned that movie, because it's very close to this. Just my time frame was in the 90s. And we could all relate to the 90s, you know. Um, this is current. This is very current. Now, what happened is I, I kept on. Uh, I was this person for like, I don't know if it was like three months, four months, but it was for a while. And I established a banking connection with the Bank of Hong Kong. And when they asked me the name, they, 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 they couldn't believe it that they're going to have an account for IMPay. <laughs> and I deposited money there. And I had a 
president of Bank of Hong Kong, and this is how I was running, uh, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars through certain foundations. And I was using IMPay to withdraw this money. And I never had a problem. Did you withdraw his money? I withdrew the money that I deposited. That it was I your used, own money. You know, from the foundation. Yeah. Yeah. He couldn't he couldn't withdraw the money that was I, I opened accounts on his name, basically. So I took all his information and I opened the account because I had the connections with the president of Bank of Hong Kong or, you know, vice president of Venezuela. And um, you know, just imagine, you know, you being somebody, anyone anyone in the world, right? And you pick a name and I really didn't know too much about this person, you know, until Chinese people told me about him, you know, and I, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Like, uh, well, well, how did you trip into that name? I mean, I, I certainly knew, I'm not no genius, but I certainly heard of IMPA back before the Internet. Well, um, I was going through a book of foundations, right? And this is how I encountered the name. There was a couple other names there, uh, bigger names. You know, you have names like Simon Weisenthal, for example. You can't, you know, this is a Nazi hunter. You know, people, he's more familiar. But I am Pei, no one's really going to know the name. Like, I knew he was an architect, but I didn't know how much, you know, how... Uh, Famous, or How worldwide, yeah. This guy is... This was... Well, this is a different level of identity theft than, like, the person who stole my oh. identity and stole oh, my bank account. It. <laughs> it's a whole different thing. This is a movie we're talking about. So keep telling us. I don't know us. if I ever explained this to you. Tell but us the, the story. The magnitude of, of, yeah. of me being I am pay Tell us. Is, is just sensational. Of being Tell us person. the story. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going there. I'm going there. <laughs> yeah. got an hour. We're waiting. Got a whole hour. Relax. Where are you going? <laughs> hey, yeah. don't worry. I got a thing over there. Can't talk about it. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> we have a, a fact checker, Mark C.G. Boyers. I'm there. sitting right here. Uh-huh. So, all right. So, basically... <laughs> Gee, thanks. I appreciate I became this guy, and no one knew, you know, no one really knew that he was a 100-year-old guy, unless... You were studying this person, and if you knew him in school, you know. But the people that I used to uh, encounter were mostly, you know, um, working people that work on a register. So I was, I was the first one that started opening um, these things called uh, instant, um, instant applications that they do. Is anybody familiar with that? By the yes. way. Yes. Yes, Marcus. If you got a like, okay. if you got a uh, department store like Kohl's or J C Penney, okay. You well, know, how about you if you go to Harry Winston? The register. How about if you, you go to Tiffany's? Word. How about if you go to Tiffany's or Harry Winston? Well, I I don't really frequent those locations. They're just beneath me. Oh, right. well, <laughs> these places they also have credit that they give, and the type of credit that they give is in the millions of dollars. Yeah, I, I never knew this either, but. I found out. And, uh, I found out very, very fast because my job turned into uh, establishing instant credits with every known American establishment in the United States. So every store um, that I can go to to get an instant credit, 
I went to get it. And I had to be, I ha you know, sometimes they only give me $20,000 or $30,000, and I have, um, you know, AAA credit here. I would get on the customer service telephone and start arguing and yelling at them. Is something wrong with my credit? Because I have perfect credit, and, you know, what am I going to do with thirty, forty thousand when I need more, I can't buy anything in this in this store. You know, we're talking about Harry Winston here or Tiffany. Squeaky wheel. On Fifth Avenue. Yeah. And and uh, a majority, you know, this is when they started this, um, this instant credit, like in the nineties, in the early nineties, and it was explosive. Do you so think what any they of these do is still they give open? me I give them a license. I give them a license and my credit card, which I would which I would have an official D M V uh, certified license. Uh, with my picture on it and and a credit card. Now, the credit card is something that I made. So it wasn't issued by American Express. It was issued by Pauly Express. I made it. Uh, I had embossers and tippers, and these are machines that I used to purchase from China. And, I um, mean, today it's so much easier, you know, doing these type of things, like buying... Uh, you know, things that you can't really find, you know, in a, in, a, in a hardware store. You have to order it halfway across the world. But, you know, today you can't do the things that I did back then. You know, big difference. So so let's talk about the exact things. What would you get? What would you do? How would you put these things together? And then what would, uh, what kinds of well, things? Well, what, what kinds of cards yeah. were you doing? Okay, so now I would uh, take my American Express that I created, that I made, and I would put a number on there um, that would work. And this number is Mr. IMPay's number, for example, and I would use that to open a line of credit. And with all I need is a, a, a credit card and uh, a license, and they would give me a piece of paper with a, with a number on it, which would be like the credit card number that they're going to be sending me in uh, two weeks' time. But within this time, I can use this piece of paper and my license to shop. And that's exactly what I did. So, so what, kind, what, kind of, of what, credit, what kind of shopping? You got a high line of credit. What kind of shopping are you doing? What are you buying, so to speak? Like Barnes and Noble. Uh, like, uh, no, not Barnes and Noble. <laughs> like Barney's, you know, Bergdorf Goodman, uh, Nordstrom's, and, uh, you know, just... Shop and, and, and that's where your 2000 came from. Mm. So how much money would you? How much money would you run up on this non-existent card? Oh, like a hundred thousand dollars a day. For how many days? Two weeks? No, no, just every day a thousand, hundred thousand. It would be like a hundred thousand every day, usually. In merchandise, not cash advances. In merchandise, yeah. What do you do no, with no, the merchandise? merchandise. Now the merchandise, I would take that and uh, sell it to my friends for you know thirty five percent of the price tag, or just keep it. <laughs> just keep and, it. You wind up well, with yeah, a house full of had, house full of clothes. Well, not only clothes, but you know other things too. You know, house. I mean, house good, house wear, everything like anything you could imagine, anything you want to buy. Now, uh, technology. When you go to like computer stuff. You know, like Best Buy and all that. Mm -hmm. That's a different. They they always red flag credit cards, so it's always red flag. You know, um, we had a different system there. Uh, we always go to people that we also know. You know, that work at the registers. That's mm -hmm. usually the first thing you know that you go to. You find somebody that's 
you know, that's willing to accept you more, and you, you strike a deal with them, you know, for a percentage. And uh, as I said, many of these people that were guarding these establishments weren't uh, people, they weren't in position of like, you know, they're not security guards. They're, uh, they're, they're actually, a lot of them were thieves working. Hmm. What a racket. I mean, it's a big racket, yeah. And, and if we go into the statistics of, 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 of it, I mean, I mean, fraud. Think about fraud. Fraud is, 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 is a billion-dollar, multi-billion-dollar industry. And we're talking about from Medicare. How about Medicare? Medicare is the largest mm. fraud. Do you know, is it 90, 93, no, wait, 96? Between 93 and 96 percent of all fraud committed, of all welfare fraud, is not committed by recipients. Yeah. It's committed by suppliers. Oh, I know that, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, and, sure. And sure. considering oh, yeah, the yeah, yeah, biggest yeah. Medicare fraud on the books in history was perpetrated by the current governor of Florida. And he was fined, I think, $1.5 billion for it. Yeah. Yeah. It, this is this is something, uh, you know, if you think your Medicare is in danger, uh, like each year, it's like roughly 10 cents of every dollar budgeted for the giant health care insurance program is stolen or it's misdirected before it helps any enrollee. It's always like that, you know. Um you can't, um, you can't, you can't go against people. These, these, they were set up. These things were set up to be raped and pillaged. So, uh, how how is Medicare ripped off? Oh, oh, I mean, it's, just, it's the whole entire system. Doctor fraud. You have insurance, <laughs> doctors. Uh, I mean, it's the whole. It's the whole. It's a whole racket, you know, of, of things. That I mean. Where would I start, you know? Yes, what, what I, no, I, and I'm asking the question for our audience who may not know. Uh, you know, start at the beginning. Start at the beginning? Oh, my God. The earth is being uh, formed. <laughs> well, uh, let's put it this way. Out of um, 42% of fraud-related cases, 13% were identity theft complaints out of them, you know? So there you go. That, that you know, uh, like that's 1.3 million complaints were fraud related, and we're talking about that 744 million dollars, you know, in fraud complaints. That, that's a lot. That's a lot. And as I mentioned, and the vast increases, majority are by suppliers, not recipients. Oh well. Mm. Um, I was. Yeah, yeah you're right. I was hired by the Department right. of Social and Health Services several years ago. Was moving uh, documents from one location to another, kind of put together their mm -hmm. movement plan for them <laughs> because they were they weren't exactly the most efficient organization on the planet. Well, they hired a disc jockey to fix it, so let's. That's because I know how to play the hands. I can prioritize the flow chart. Data breaches. And so. Data breaches. Just just that alone. In the breaches. Just that alone. Yeah, the data breaches. When the first surge of major corporate data breaches was reported in 2014 and 15, many Americans hoped it was just a brief trend, <laughs> and, and they hoped that it would fade, you know, with more large companies, and it became a target of cyber criminals. All right. And then the credit reporting and companies became a target of cyber criminals. The data breach of the credit bureau Equifax yeah. in September 2017. That okay. Was the largest Equifax. Punch as you know? the, as the criminal. Yeah. Okay. As the criminal, yeah. explain to our audience. At, as the criminal, as the criminal, explain to our audience how you would go about 
doing this and and ultimately defrauding. Yeah, former criminal, first of all. Well, okay? no, no, I'm taking you back. You have, of course, former criminal. <laughs> okay, and by the way, you know I respect yes. that. You this know is what I... we have to do. First of all, we need to find information. Information is the key to everything. Hmm. As I said, when I was doing the burglaries and the smashing grabs, I needed the security people to be my friends, right? Right. Right. Now, uh, what did I do? I made them part of my team because they weren't being taken care of. They're guarding trillions of dollars, and they're not being taken care of because they're being paid uh, minimum wage. There. So it was very easy for me to turn this guy around uh, the same way as I can. Uh, I go to somebody that's like a Bentley dealership, right? And I see a guy that's struggling there selling Bentleys. He's not doing too well. I give him a couple of, you know, uh, clients. He becomes my friend. I take him out. He's like, what do you do? I'm like, nothing much. I make money. You want to do the same? He's like, yes. I was like, well, here's $5,000. Can you give me uh, 20 credit reports? Mm -hmm. He's like, sure. And I'm like, they don't even have to be from this year. They could be from last year. You know, and, and they're like, sure, no problem. You know, and that's like nothing for somebody. They think about it. They're like, yeah, it's in a drawer. No big deal. You know what I mean? He doesn't think he's doing something wrong. But there you go. He's giving me, handing me 25, 30 credit reports. In each one of these credit reports, I'm going to make $100,000 to a $1 million. Because I went to a Bentley dealership. I didn't go to a, a you know, a, a, Pinto well, dealership. Like a Honda dealership. <laughs> you, you understand? So I yeah. know these people have great credit. These are lawyers, doctors. You know, I'm defrauding, I'm defrauding the insurance companies, basically. You know? Uh, they're insured. Everybody that I'm that I'm defrauding, they're insured. Yes, it is a pain in the ass. Once you get your uh, your uh, your uh, your name put through the ringer, it takes years for you oh, to I fix know. it. I know. It's, it's, it, it, I know. I'm, I'm like I, I. It happened to me, and I know. Also, <laughs> so you know, it's like um, it's it's horrible. Horrible, horrible. You feel violated. You feel raped. You feel uh, you don't trust anyone. And this is the thing: we have our money on credit cards and chips, right? Mm -hmm. That's that's where we hold our money. And uh, this is expected, though. They know that we're going to get defrauded. You know, they know that paper crimes and money crimes and check crimes. That is. Uh, you know, this is happening every day. Do you happen to know, Punch, do you know about, I haven't figured this scam out yet, but you get a check in the mail, very official looking. Oh, the, yeah, 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 yeah. Supposedly is a rebate from the power company for overcharging you. Oh, yeah. And the check is made out to sure. you. And you take it to the bank and they give you the money and then it comes back because the check is fake. But who would go through all the yep. trouble of sending you a fake check? Yeah, they, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. There's so many scams like that, that uh, there's a package. Uh, oh, man, where is this? I wish I had it in front of me. This way I can, I can, I can show you. But it's like this. They have a package. Somebody says, yeah, we have a, we're calling from Canadian Postal Service, and you have uh, $650,000 in a package here. You have to pay $2,400 uh, $2, in taxes for us to release this to you. And they're like, what? And they're like, yeah, this is a Canadian Canadian Postal Service. We have a package here, whatever. And they're like, wow, we have to pay. Yes, we have to, you know, 
You have to pay $2,400. Well, wouldn't I be suspicious, as I already am, if someone tells me, oh, I'm dying of esophageal cancer. I want to give you my millions of dollars. I don't know you. For Jesus' name, yeah. we pray. Yeah. yeah. You, you, right? You. Yeah, how did I get so damn lucky? People. <laughs> yeah, how about other, how about there's hundreds of other people that are going to pick up the phone, okay, and they're going to be half retarded, and they're going to be like, okay, all right? <laughs> this is just, people are not, um, not everybody is like you or myself. You know, not everyone's going to be like, oh, this is a red flag. This is a scam. You know, uh, there's scams coming in from Africa. Oh, my God. We've been doing Nigerian it four. What's you know, it? 419. Yeah. I get those every oh, day. Yeah. There you go. How is that legal? How is that, you know, how is this happening? You know, why, why are they not stopping it? This is uh, this is my question. The, We're uh, telling you how it's being done. Why are they not stopping it? It seems to me that the uh, ISP uh, operators could easily hire skilled individuals like me Such as to I. look for this kind of crap and not bother to send it along. That well, would put an end to this crap right away. There must be someone on the inside who's getting a, just like these things are only illegal well, it, it's, so someone can make money off but, corruption. But, but you're talking in terms of like Nigeria. They estimate that there's about 10% of the gross national product of the country comes from scamming. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. yeah, that's what they say. I got to tell you something funny. I don't know if our buddy Stan, formerly with the, the Russian mob, knows about this. I came if I told him or not. But every year, Stanford, I believe it is, they have a an economic workshop symposium to solve a financial problem, right? They all, these experts work on it. One year, the problem that was presented was this. The Russian mob accounts for 63% of the GNP of Russia. Now, it's getting bigger and bigger because the more successful they are, the worse the economy gets. The worse the economy gets, the more people go in the mob, which makes it even worse. So the question is, before it implodes, how do we increase the profit margin and stability of the Russian mob? <laughs> that was the assignment for a three-day uh, symposium of economic experts hypothetically working to save the economic future of the Russian mob. <laughs> I thought that was great. Uh, well, today, scam is the game. It's the name of the game because of fake emails all the consumers and they're posing as credit card issuers and customers and I mean uh, do, you, do you understand what I'm saying they can pose as whoever they want to be fishing and they know how to copy uh, you know uh, those, you know like the letterheads yeah it looks like Bank of America's like company, website the headlines you know except if it says dear customer it's a fake <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know. And I tell you how you could tell if the if they're uh, from if they're from Ghana, because there are idiosyncratic oh. terminologies that only they use, such as "I am Sally Pivnik by name." If they say "by name," you know they're not really calling you from Texas, and they're not really that blonde with the big hooters. They're an 18-year-old boy what? in an internet what? kiosk. Not, not a blonde? <laughs> I call the, 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 the... I get this message. I'm Sally so-and-so by name. as a picture of a gorgeous girl. And I said, B.S., you're an 18-year-old boy at an internet kiosk in Ghana. Tell me the truth. He went, you're right. 
and he sent me a picture of it. It was an 18-year-old kid, and I didn't have kids. It really was. It really was. Yeah. Then he asked me for money. <laughs> um, um, a very popular rod that's been today, going around. Hold on, hold on. Thank you, Burl. Hey, um, hey, what do you hear from your buddies in the uh, Pink Panthers? Do they still talk to you? Oh, well, you know, we're it's uh, we're all connected somehow, some way. You know, we all communicate. There's a lot of stuff going on. Um, for example, the group Americana, they got busted. Um, what's his name? Zoran Yakshic. Yeah. He's got 20 years in Peru for, like, I don't know, five tons of cocaine. Five tons of cocaine is hard to hide. Lord knows yeah. I've tried. <laughs> Yeah, you know, they say, you know, the thing about cocaine, uh, Punch, is you have to keep it in a cool, dark place. That's why so much was put in Marvin Gaye's nose. <laughs> hey, Burrow, yeah, what's going yeah, on? Yeah. <laughs> da -da Look, so, I think so Howard, Howard's still This is this. important that we're talking about this today because this is also another side of, of what I was doing when I wasn't robbing and stealing. This is kind of, I mean, this is also robbing and stealing, but you know in a different way you know when you're, whenever you're doing paper crimes it's not like you know for somebody that's a criminal they're you know you understand what I'm saying like to me this is not really like you know a crime well this is not like you're slithering down the back of a I mean, building with a rope around your neck at two in the morning right right <laughs> so this is always more intriguing to me if I could make you know a, a dollar by doing something like this and, uh, you know, there's a lot of smart people out there, and they have a lot of techniques and ways to defraud, uh, you know, larger... Yeah, but the, diff the difference is, Punch, when you're doing what you, you and your father and, and mother considered victimless crimes, where you're getting even with the insurance company yeah. for having extorted a protection racket for all those years against uh, diamond yeah. merchants, etc., but when you're doing identity theft and that kind of stuff and getting gullible people to send you money, those are victim crimes. Yeah, yeah. Those are not victimless. Yeah, you're right. Because yeah, you, you are you are you're hurting them. You're hurting them in every way possible financially. And, uh, you know, they're just never going to be the same. It's very hard to recuperate. Yes, that's why we have no sympathy for people who do that, usually. Yeah. Well, I did, I did that for like a year because um, I fell into it. You know, after after visiting uh, Penn State or State Penn, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> Penn State. I, uh, I learned new things, new techniques, and I met new yeah. people that had new connections, and I wanted to try them out, and they worked. And um, but I I never continued to do that. I I left it alone. But I did learn, and I knew how to do it. And <laughs> well, as I say, prison is crime school. Information. <laughs> Excuse me? I said they say prison is crime school. If you didn't know how to do that kind of crime well, before, yeah, of you're going to learn. Of course. Absolutely. You're around criminals all day. And, uh, what do you expect? If you're around guys like me. <laughs> yeah, if you're around guys like me, then you're going to learn a, a thing or two. <laughs> and uh, this is my mistake that I shouldn't, have, I shouldn't have taught too many people my techniques and... Uh, yeah, you got I, people I doing your bad. stuff, people doing your act. Who don't yeah, are you are your students out in the field right now? Big time, big time. Like you'd be surprised. <laughs> yeah, I see. I see it all over the place, and um, you can't stop it. it. It becomes so big, you know. Uh, and once something becomes 
underground and becomes mainstream underground, it becomes popular, and they, they do it, you know. Um, all over the world, there's smashing grabs. I'm not the first one that did them. I just perfected the technique, you know. We, we uh, brought it to another level where people never get hurt, and we made it a victimless crime. And all we did was concentrate on robbing insurance companies. This was our thing, not anybody else's. This is how we know when somebody's a copycat or not, because they would use our technique, our style, but then someone would get hurt, and then we'd know that has nothing to do with us or, or you know. Um, wasn't like, your guys, yeah, wasn't you. Yeah, I mean, it could be a, a guy that used to work for me and he, had a, he started his own crew. You know, and uh, it goes on. Crime will never cease. Remember this. We need protection, and, uh, you know, we need good people to protect us from bad people. Very important to have good people working on the protecting side. <coughs> and but uh, unfortunately, the corruption is just unlike all for there. that. <laughs> I, I, I like to bust the, the, the person that's. Per perpetrating a fraud, uh, pretending that he's uh, a good guy, but he's actually a bad guy. And this is what I like to find, you know. And That's like uh, the famous Simon Temple. <laughs> well, think about it. Think about how much help I can bring if we can bust the bad guys that are, you know, hidden between all the good guys. And I know they're shaking in their boots right now. Listening to me, <laughs> they know. They know I, got a, I, I got a quick question for you. All the IDs, sure. And uh, who is this? By the way, that's Frank, Frank Hagen. That's Frank Hagen. Oh, yeah. all right. Hi, Frank Hagen. Hello. The IDs that Hi. you would get your hands on, and the credit reports that you get your yes. hands on, those all belong to people. Yes. Uh, have you ever set up no, a clean ID that had nothing, uh -huh. nothing attached to it? Mm-hmm. Have, have you ever done that? And made a credit, yes. Okay. I uh, yeah, I, I, I did an interview. The first one that we did. Yeah, because yeah. I did an interview with a guy about five years ago for one of the shows that I was producing. And what he said he would do is he would go to mid-range small towns in the Midwest and in Texas and places like that. And he would go and he would find the name of an infant that had passed away or a young person that had passed away uh, that was about at the same age as he was. And he would go in and he would get their birth certificate because nobody ever cross-references the death certificates and the yep. birth certificates. And then he would take that <laughs> exactly how you do it. and he would then go to the, po to, uh, the post office and mm -hmm. fill out the paperwork to get a passport. Right. If you have a passport and a birth certificate, you can get anything you want. That's what Phil Champagne did. Unfortunately, when Phil well, did it, he, get, he picked a, get, a, a grave that had already been mined by organized crime. <laughs> yeah, you're right. This is, so what, this is when they stopped him and he gave his ID as Harold Stegman, and they ran a check, his fingerprints didn't match anything, but his name printed out about five pages of international crime. <laughs> that's, that's bad yeah, that's going to happen. Uh, but I have, a system, I have a way to combat that, okay? Now, this is what I did. First of all, you need, you, all you need is a birth certificate, and you're absolutely right. Frank, 
That's the way to do it. You go to a state that doesn't cross-reference birth and death certificates, or you find, you do a lot of research, and you find an infant that was born in one state and died in another state. That's the best, okay? And then you take that out, and you get a Social Security card. That's the first thing you get. Once you get the Social Security card, with your Social Security card and your birth certificate, then you get a driver's license, okay? And uh, you go further, passport, and further and further and further until you become that person. Now, you open a bank account. When you open a bank account, you put $9,000 in the bank account, and you wait 30 days for it to be an old bank account so you can get the checks in the mail, and now you have $100,000 that you can spend. If you were broke, right now you can get $100,000, and they're going to look for you because you owe this money. Because it's on, well, they're not going to look for you because it's not your name. So this is why you do this. You take $9,000, you put it in a bank account, you get the checks, you wait 30 days, and now you go shopping. Just like how you would buy anything else, but you go Friday when the bank's closed, Saturday and Sunday. And you go to jewelry stores, you go anywhere you want to go, and you fill out uh, up to what you have. Like, you only buy things uh, to $9,000, because what they're going to do is they're going to check, they're going to call, they're going to take your check, they're going to run it through the machine, and they're just going to find out if the bank could cover it. If the bank can cover it, the $9,000 or whatever you're spending, they're just going to approve it. Monday morning, the check's going to come in, and they're going to, you know, they're going to find out there's no money there because you came in Monday morning and took out the money before all the checks came in. Whoever got there first now, gets their money. Now you do, now you do this 10, 20 times, and you have $100,000. You see what I'm saying? And you take out your $9,000 before uh, 10 o'clock Monday morning, and and this is how a check scam is done. And they can't find this person because the person doesn't exist. Mm. But there's and another aspect, too. You're talking about criminal. <laughs> this is also well, a good way to embed something. It's strictly for educational purposes. Only, yeah. Okay. Uh, but this is... This only for educational purposes. Right. Finding that clean so, ID is also a good way to establish yeah. somebody that may not be here in the United States to do something uh, like steal. They may be here to do something worse. Because you could actually get a good yeah. ID, and uh, once they're in, they're in. And yep, that's right. They could be embedded from and, any country. But, yeah, and uh, you know, today you have you have uh, you know, there's many other countries, smaller countries, that offer citizenship. Okay, and these countries are sometimes you know criminally corrupt. Also, you know, um, today you know, as I said, it's very difficult to doing what what my father did and what I did, you know, um, well, not, not today, not really, because what we did, we were inside the offices and inside the district and all that, so, you know, um, well, I'm talking about, like, an average smash and grab, you know, somebody's walking down the street, there's so many cameras, they can follow you, they know where you came from today, and that's important today, and that, that, this is why I'm telling you, different technology, you know, it's more advanced today, and it's much harder for uh, the type of criminality that we used to do previously, you know, 
uh, today would be much harder for, for me, for example. And yet, some things uh, would seem easier. For example, on the alarm systems, it's always been those two types of uh, alarms, security alarms, either wired or radioed. Radionics? Yeah. yeah radionics and then and, and the, big, wire. the big technological advancement was a centralized computer station to control the uh, alarms. You went in to the central headquarters, got on their computer, and turned off the alarms. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it seems easier to cut the damn wires. Somebody like me. <laughs> they can't stop somebody like me, bro. I mean, come on. You know, well, I'm not your average guy. You know, that's one, all right? I'm not. Um, number two, it's to prevent a regular person, you know, like a, a regular thief, you know. Um, that's why they have these alarm companies, but they're never gonna, they won't be able to prevent somebody like me. And that's why I'm telling you, this is dangerous, you know? They need to step up the security in every which way possible, because if I can do something, other people can do something so, so, also. So, so punch, punch. They might not have the same, you know, uh, safety ethics, right. If you were running the security you know, if you were running the security company, what would you do that you know they're not doing now? Um if we if we would first of all, if I was running a security company, I would change the whole entire security. I would change it. I would I would take it to the next level of what it's supposed to be. And to prevent somebody like me But how? What well, what's the next level? Well, I mean, this is not something I can just explain to you over the telephone. Well, I understand and, that, yeah. And, and uh, you know, this is something that we need to investigate and look at uh, every weakness of, like, if I could combat that system, then they need to fix it. I mean, obviously... That, okay, what it boils down to is if you can't rob somebody, nobody can. Of course. <laughs> I mean, of course, that's... So that's, you, um, that's the test. If, if you can rob them, you got to step up the game. <laughs> you got to step up the game. If I, yeah, if I rob them, um, they need to, and, and I can, and I can. Uh, for example, uh, it was, there was uh, many ways of, oh, every time I come out and I see something, like in the bank, and, and, and I'm like, oh, I can rob this bank right now, because they failed to secure this area, they failed this, you know, they, they, um, they just did not, they did not cover all the angles. All right, and they're not expected to cover all the angles because uh, they're specialists and they're professionals. They don't see what I see. All right, they need a guy like me. The same thing as a cop. The best cops in the world are cops with a criminal mentality. That's right. So That's absolutely that correct. Criminal mentality. If he had an uncle that was in a mafia, believe me, that cop is going to know things that a cop that didn't have an uncle that was in a mob. Wouldn't all right? I mean, th think about it. Well, you yeah. Know, I mean, if if, if you can't think like a criminal, you're going to miss everything. <laughs> yes, but now today you have a lot of criminals that are cops that are perpetrating a fraud that they're cops. Yeah, impersonating a police officer a <laughs> and getting paid for it. No, no, not impersonating. They're actually they actually. No, I, that's what I meant. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. Actually, they're impersonating they're honest people. They passed it, and I mean, the police department, it's like DMV, you know, there was one time they used to hire any retard, you know, for the, for the, for the police department. It's like the New Orleans Police Department, like the they would hire convicted felons. No, no, they would never hire convicted felons. Oh, yes, in New Orleans but, uh, they did.
Really? Yeah. Wow. Anybody who would that dare is, take uh, the job, they'd give them a gun and a badge. I, I, wow, that's that's something. Yeah, yeah. We we have we have how many more minutes do we have left? Uh, about uh, seven or eight or nine, something like that. This is excellent. This is fantastic. I mean, um, exactly what you're working on today, the book that you're doing today. This is the other side of it that I never really got into it with you, and I'm glad that I did it on live, uh, you know, radio, outlaw radio. This is great. Um, I'm a I'm a big fan of outlaw radio, and uh, I listen to you guys every week. To make sure you guys are doing good and doing the right things, right? Yeah. But you know, we have we have a nice tight knit community here, a true crime community. And I, I know we have a nice platform here, you know. We have a beautiful platform for many nice stories. Uh, they don't have to be sensationalized. Because if they're true, they you know, and uh and they, if they have anything to do with me, they're going to be sensational. Right? <laughs> I love your modesty. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you have to, you have to be a little modest. Uh, in my line of work, as I said, uh, when I was I Am Pay, mm-hmm. imagine a movie right now called I Am Pay. <laughs> and you have this kid. Picture the movie like, you know, Catch Me If You Can, like that, running around in Manhattan, the most expensive restaurants, the most expensive hotels. Uh, oh, I had a limo. I had a limo that I rented under his name. <laughs> That, that, I mean, that used to pick me up. When I used to pull up in nightclubs, they were like, who is this guy? That's a, that's a Chinese art, architect. Architect. They're like, that doesn't even look Chinese. You created the Louvre. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Actually, so it was the, pyra- the glass was pyramid like, outside the Louvre. I pretended to be someone else. I pretended to be someone else, and I loved every second of it because I couldn't be me. And therefore, I was really I am Pei. And, and uh, you know... It, the question like, is, did he even know any of this was happening? Life. Yeah, did he know this was happening? Um, you know what? I don't think so. I don't think so, but I would love for Burl Bear to call and investigate. He's still alive. And what, yeah. 190? No, he's 101 years old. No, no, he's 100. He's 100. Oh, he'll be 101 100 in July. Old. Yeah, and but did you see the guy's accomplishments, like what he did? The the sailing ship Sydney Opera House and the Sydney, uh, in the Sydney Bay. That's yeah. his. Yep. Um, the glass pyramid outside the Louvre. That's his. Uh, a couple of buildings in Chicago and a bunch of other stuff all around the world. He's like Houston in Houston. He did the Bank of China. Uh, I mean, this guy's amazing. You know, he's he's a legend when it comes to this type of stuff. And uh, well, all I'm saying is when you go, go big. You know. <laughs> <laughs> When you go, you go big. Uh, but it's just, you know, this never happened. Like, this never really happened before. No one ever really took a name of somebody that was like a celebrity or, you know, uh, you know. well, no, they did. They did. Uh, what's that, Six Degrees of Separation? Remember that kid? Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. He yeah. was running around Manhattan. Yeah. He was saying he was... Uh, Sidney Poitier's son. Yeah, yeah, that, that, was, uh, that was something, you know. And that was around the same time that I was IMP. So I remember that. You know, um, Manhattan is, a, is, 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 the, is the place to be someone else. And uh, Burl knows I didn't have an identity. And it, it's like, I can't explain to you, if you don't have an identity, you don't know who you are. You know, if you can't be, you know. <clears throat> um, I got so, a new punch. We're sitting yeah, next to Burl. Here, he doesn't Burl. know who he is. Yeah, yeah, I haven't figured that one out yet. Except I know I was raised on records <laughs> and born to rock and roll. <laughs> well... Uh, you know, Howard, 
sir. Howard? Right here. There's Howard right you, there. You said, yeah, you, sir, you grew up, your family grew up in, uh, in uh, Yugoslavia, am I correct? That's correct. But part of my family. You know what? Yes. So we're family, basically. You and I, all of us. And look at this. And I'm a Jew. So today's the last day of Passover. Isn't that great? Well, we see, we could have celebrated Seder together with my uh, my family from uh, 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 Monastery Yugoslavia that doesn't exist anymore. That's so nice. And uh, yeah, today's the last day. Today's the last day. Of That's Passover. why I had matzah bry today. Well, it's not uh, I was just gonna, I was going to say that earlier today. Please. Yeah, guys. So. This right here, please, we need to we need to really concentrate more on Mr. IMP and I need to sit down and, and get you all the things that I've done, you know, to really remember everything because it was a long time ago. You know, but I just remember I had the best time of my life. You know, <laughs> well, who wouldn't? And, and suddenly it, being a hundred year old multimillionaire. Hey, uh, Punch, this yeah. is Mark and over. I never in got corner. in trouble. Punch, this is Mark in the corner here. I was just curious. Yes. Do you think any of those accounts you open in his name are still active? I, you know what? I was thinking about the same thing <laughs> when I was. Uh, I was. I was thinking. I was. You know what? I, you never know. I have a Bank of Hong Kong. Now Hong Kong doesn't exist anymore, so I don't know if they're. You know, if they're still open. But oh yeah, you know, there was other accounts in Hong Kong that I remember. Still active. But do you understand? Like, I was thinking about that. I don't know. That would be really interesting to find out if there are, because I opened a lot of accounts, and I'm sure maybe there are. They've been gaining you know, interest all this time. Credit report. <laughs> I well, saw online your mom sent me a wiki uh, net worth on you. Yes. According to How the latest, you according to wiki, uh, your current net worth as of 2018 is 18 million dollars. Ah, it's lying. It's twenty-three, but okay. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, I wish I wish I had ten percent of that right now. I don't know where they're where they're stacking that money or where they're holding it for me. But uh, but uh, yeah, can don't you, believe anything you read online. Can you send me at least just <laughs> I, punch? Just send me five percent. That would be very helpful. <laughs> Wow, you cut your rate, yeah. Howard. I'm uh, impressed. No, no, no. That, I just want the free money part. I didn't cut it. I want nothing. Uh, I well, you know what? Any board. of the money that I do have, it's 100% legitimate. How's that? Uh, that's that's an accomplishment. So uh, under Wiki, that's it's $27.30. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, you know what that might be, guys? That might be the winnings for the, for the casinos. For yeah, the you casino. did pretty damn that well at that. the casinos. How much did you win well, all I together? I paid taxes on it. Um, I was paying taxes for $1.8 million a year for three years straight. And um, I've never seen anybody win on slot machines like this guy. I couldn't believe it. How do you do that? Because it's that's impossible. A, how do, that's how do you do? How do you how do you do that? Uh, when I come out to L.A., when yeah. I come out to uh, Las Vegas over there, guys, yeah. I'm going to bring you there, and we're going to see. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have money with me, and we're going to gamble. Just like in front of... Bro, did we get a jackpot? Yes. Yes. Right? We got a nice... Uh, a nice uh, he picks uh, me up at the airport, takes me to a casino from which he's been banned for winning too much, goes in, sits down, puts a few hundred dollars in two machines, sits me, does this, I'll race you to the jackpot. Go. And we just start pulling, bang, bang. Both of us hit the jackpot and for how, how like twelve hundred, fourteen hundred dollars on a two hundred dollar yeah. in. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't big. It wasn't. No, like it wasn't big, but it was big enough to buy sure. lunch and uh, have fun for. The and 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 I say, let's get out of here fast because the guy recognized me. You know yeah, what I mean? Security was after us. Uh, <laughs> 
Punch, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Punch. As, it was a great as, as, show as always. As usual, and we will uh, chat with you, you soon. We always do. All right, thanks a lot. Hey, Burl. Yeah. Oh, what's next? Well, there's this guy called Magic Matt Allen and his demons of decadence. They're a strange group of people. <laughs> Live from the Lighten Up Lounge on LR Radio USA. Got Tom. Oh.